Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community and we focus on Magic Arena. I've got a return guest this week. Please welcome back Mythic Michaela. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. How about yourself? Just fine. I'm just trying to beat the heat. It's uh, I'm in Southern California and it's like way hotter than I would like it to be. And it's just so annoying. You know, the solution to that is just don't go outside. Just <laughs> stay in your basement and play magic all day. Yes, turn up the AC and you'll be just fine. So any exciting magic-related plans coming up for you this week? Oh, um, well, it's new arena season, so I'm currently working on some limited climbing right now. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't have a whole lot of time to play last month, so my rank's kind of low. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. working on that climb again. I hear that. Yeah, last season I made it all the way up to a personal best of Diamond 4, maybe 3, probably 4. Um, so I made it up to Diamond 4 last month, uh, last se- or two seasons ago. But this past season, I-, I just wasn't able to really get out of gold. I think people are getting better. Yeah, overall, I think like they're just more players are joining. Um, you know, you get a lot, lot higher skill level. I think people who maybe started back in December have also improved greatly too. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely becoming tougher. And um, it's, you notice it's a lot more of a time commitment once you hit like the summer months and you know, I'm personally a little bit busier during the summer, like a mm. lot of others are. And yeah, you start to realize how difficult it actually is when you don't have all the time in the world. Yeah. When it's not your full-time job, like some lucky people. Right. <laughs> if only. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the cool things about Magic Arena and Magic in general is that they sort of iterate on ideas or expand upon them or even think of new ones. So the topic of today is going to be covering some Brawl. Now, for the audience, perhaps that is not quite up to date with Brawl, would you sort of categorize it perhaps as like Commander Junior? Yeah, from what I understand about it, I would. it definitely seems like a commander junior you know something probably a little bit more accessible to someone who maybe's just being introduced to magic mm-hmm. and doesn't necessarily have access to like all the fancy cards somebody who's really um into commander might have mm-hmm. so just in general in a commander deck you've got 100 cards singleton in a brawl deck you've got 60 cards singleton in a commander deck you've got the full 25 years of Uh, magic cards to choose from in brawl you've got standard and lastly life totals in commander you're at 40 life and in brawl you're at 30 life so besides that it's the same that you've got a commander to work with and it's singleton and it's just a lot of similarities but yeah it's sort of like perhaps for newer players yeah one big thing did you know you can also use planeswalkers in brawl I was not aware of that. Like planeswalkers as commanders, or yeah, as commanders, yes. Okay, I was not aware of that actually. So yeah, in commander, the only way to use a planeswalker as a commander is if it specifically says this card can be used as a commander. But apparently, for brawl, any planeswalker goes as your commander. Okay. So that might be interesting, or weird, or annoying. We'll see how it goes. Well, our goal is we've picked. Um, a commander to helm our our brawl deck and one of the big uh, things about this is at least if you're going to get into brawl okay in paper you've got to have the cards and invest in them and so forth but in arena digitally 
technically free to play and as long as you've got the wild cards you can make any sort of deck so i think perhaps brawl might finally take off or even um get more uh fame because they're going to bring brawl to arena by the end of the year did you hear about that announcement i have and i know they're also coming out with the um with El with Eldraine, they're coming out with the new brawl decks yeah. related to that set so yeah a lot more accessibility to the format you know being able to play online seems like a really really big deal um i think what's really cool about them supporting this format is you see a lot of people already um you know taking initiative to you know do singleton tournaments and mm -hmm. do some kind of these more casual formats and try those out so to actually have support for that on arena as its own entity is really cool yeah, I remember the announcement for Brawl on paper a while ago, and there was a little bit of a flurry of uh, of writing about it and activity about it, but I've only played Brawl one time in real life, so I think if it doesn't have a lot of support, it could definitely die on the vine. What about yourself? Any experience in Brawl? No experience. Um, I've played a little bit of Commander, but nothing recently. Mm -hmm. So... I think it'll be something really interesting to try once it comes to Arena. Mm -hmm. So step one, it looks like they're going to do Brawl 1 versus 1, and then hopefully then we can do four-player Brawl, and then who knows, maybe after that, four-player Commander or even like a more uh, more modern stuff. But on a tangent, didn't they say they're in their brand new historic format, they're going to sprinkle in some interesting modern cards? Yes, I believe I saw Brainstorm. Brainstorm, yeah. <laughs> warm Coil Engine. Mm -hmm. um, and Light... Did they say Bolt? Lightning Bolt? Maybe or, Lightning Bolt. Or maybe Lightning Helix or Lightning Bolt? Probably Lightning Bolt. Yeah. I don't know. Brainstorm seems pretty, pretty insane. Yeah, that's just so interesting because it... Uh, uh, Magic Arena is such on the on the vanguard, on the very edge of what Magic is, and they've always said, well, it just takes a lot of time and resources and difficulty to program older cards with so many mechanics. And here they're going to jump in with Worm Coil Engine, Brainstorm, and other such things. They're going to do 15 to 20 new, new slash old cards into historic format, huh? Yeah, that'll be pretty crazy. And yeah, as far as programming goes, I don't know that Brainstorm seems like the easiest card to... <laughs> mm try to figure out how to program that in seems like there's a some moving pieces to it but mm -hmm. i mean maybe like you know they had to program london mulligan rule so with yeah. how brainstorm functions they probably have something mm -hmm. i wonder if they will have any new art or anything for it i'm more used to the classic ice age art with a guy having like a a guy looking like he's having a really bad migraine brainstorming <laughs> the classic yep mm -hmm. i think that's all i own Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I, for a while, I always had to borrow Brainstorms. For some reason, that was the one card I never had that ah, I needed. Okay. I remember seeing the art where it's like literally a brainstorm. Have you seen that one? It's like a cloud shaped like a brain and there's lightning coming from it. I don't think so. I think that one's a little bit like a uh, very, very obvious art direction that is too obvious. They were given the card name, and they literally drew the name of the card. Yeah, like Skeleton Archer. <laughs> so then when they add Historic, then I'm sure you'll be able to play with those cards as well. In Well, actually, no, not really. What, what are we talking about? Brawl is just standard. So that's something that I'm also getting used to. I've already talked to a, a few people about Brawl, and I keep saying, yeah, won't it be great to have this card? But it's like, nope, uh, just standard cards. So... Um, limitations might breed creativity, but what do you think in general about that? So a singleton format with a commander card only in standard. Yeah, you know, I think it, it almost makes it easier to build. 
a deck like versus like a commander deck because um just having that more limited card pool mm-hmm. you know it's not so overwhelming and like i said before i think it's very very accessible for newer players um and i think that's great and in general it just seems like something that's really easy to jump into you know with the 60 cards and it being standard yeah i, I agree i think uh, i've put together a few commander decks here and there my play group in real life likes uh, modern and commander just because they can keep their older cards and keep using them and i'm happy to play every format but when i've made some commander decks definitely it's like well which one which version of this card out of 25 years should i get and oh this one's too expensive so i'm gonna have to look for the affordable version so i think in a standard card pool it might make it easier yeah for sure um it's really cool that you can kind of you know maybe like there's some type of deck and standard that you really like and you can kind of create that same concept and those same synergies mm-hmm. with maybe cards that are just not powerful enough to make your 60 cards in standard mm-hmm. you can add them to your brawl deck mm-hmm. yeah because if you can't have four copies of your i don't know arc like phoenix or whatever you have one of them and then what else can i put in there to to synergize with it from back from the graveyard and such so uh sorry to everyone that wants to put uh eight to fairies in their deck only two only two <laughs> yes um one of these um commander decks in real life that i made actually i sort of saw myself anyway making a somewhat standard legal version anyway because i i'm not a person in real life that goes back too far in the past to buy cards it's like whatever cards i've cracked i'll i'll use them you know i buy a box and i make decks out of those and i don't go too far out of my way to get like the perfect cards and especially if they're expensive what about yourself you know, so my experience with making a commander deck was um, I looked at my binder of cards that I had for standard and mm-hmm. modern and my couple of cards that I had like gathered for legacy at that point mm-hmm. and just threw stuff together. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I had a giant box of commons and uncommons. So, you know, I'm scrolling through those to try to find things that like synergized with whatever strategy I was, I was going for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I just grabbed Jace the Mind Sculptor and threw it in a deck <laughs> because that seemed like fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also means you lose first oh okay yeah you know when you've got a a big old blue target on you like that 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 might happen but yeah i know like right now just not i personally don't really have much of a paper collection so Mm -hmm. um you know brawl's great in that Mm -hmm. the cards that i do have from like playing limited are things that i can use Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. well very cool um so we we're going to pick a, a commander or two for our decks. Do you have any uh, any chosen at the moment that you might uh, think of creating a brawl deck out of? Yeah, you know, so kind of um, two that kind of stick out to me that would be really cool commanders, and one I want to focus on more than the other is um, Kalia, Zenith mm-hmm. Seeker, and Yarok the Desecrated. Oh, okay, sure. um, I think those are two very interesting ones. Um, Kal- I think Kalia is like something that. I could see myself just making a really fun, synergistic, um, you know, aristocrats deck with oh, Imperial. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, because we were both, um, we were both chosen for the Corset 2020 Early Access Streamer event. I uh, tried to use Kalia in a deck, and at that moment I, I put i put one of the things that i like to do which is kind of weird is to put too many stipulations on my deck building so i try to make a corset only corset 2020 only deck with kalia but whoops there weren't that many angels demons or dragons to pick from so having your idea of a more full featured 
brawl deck with more synergies i think will work plus the aristocrat theme so i i kind of like her as a as a choice definitely yeah i mean also you know looking forward to future standard like mm -hmm. i'm betting we're gonna see dragons in the set, next set right like yeah um, throwing a veldrain must have some sort of dragons if they're gonna go with some arthurian legend plus grim's fairy tales and such i'm sure there's gonna be more dragons yeah, so I think that'll be great. I mean, I could even see some, like, angels and demons, like, even kind of mixing into that s s somehow. Mm-hmm. Do you usually like that uh, combination of colors, red, white, and black? I I'm not up to date with all my three-color named pair uh, names. Uh, what's... I, I believe that is Mardu. Mardu, okay. um, I think typically when you see all three colors in the deck together, they're... or And, like, they tend to be sacrifice decks, and that's referred to as aristocrats. Mm -hmm. I do remember that from back when Falcon Wrath Aristocrat was a card back in the day, and that was a standard deck. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, normally, I would say it's not normally, like, the three colors I would go with, but I think, you know, me being someone who'd be building my first Brawl deck, I think it's a very easy, in my mind, easy um, set of colors to start with, you know, because I understand, like, putting together a good, um, aggressive deck, and I feel like she would fit in with that type of deck mm -hmm. very well. Let me just look up something here. I'm using Scryfall, proud sponsor of this podcast, I wish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, format, standard, and type dragon. Let's see what we've got. We've got 22 dragons in standard at the moment, so that's a good amount. There's demanding dragon and a little dragon egg that becomes a big dragon. Um, in Mardu colors, yeah, I think it'll work. And then plus mixing in the, the angels plus the... Uh, the demons. I think there's a good cohort of creatures. Would you go for then a variety of creatures? Because I guess Aristocrats focuses on your creatures dying to damage your opponent too, right? Yeah, I'd probably do a mix of things, you know, try to get some of the angels in there just to, you know, work with my commander and have like a good late game. Mm -hmm. But there's things like Replacement Angel right now, um, mm -hmm. at least in the standard, that could be really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Feather is an angel. Oh, yeah. So... And then you have a lot of direct damage spells that you could throw in there, too, to finish the game off. True. I'm trying to think of all the ones off the top of my head. I mean, we have Lightning Strike for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, shock. Mm -hmm. So they can go in. Lots of lots of good removal. Um, murder and cast down. Yep. Legion's End is personally my favorite right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably not so great in Brawl. But... Yeah, because of the singleton format. But besides yeah. that, it could work pretty well. Yeah. And then to really throw off your opponent, you can put in, um, you know, um, 10 of those rats. What are those ones, rats, that get bigger and bigger? You can have any number of them. Oh, goodness. Um, Not crypt rats. That's Modern Horizons, right? Um, relentless some, rats? Yeah, relentless. Or rat rat colony? Rat, okay, rat colony. Rat colony. I remember yeah. pack rat. I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of rat cards. That <laughs> yes. <laughs> do similar things yeah so that's the strategy there you have a you have a bunch of rat colony cards because that can break the rule of the singleton i guess and then you've got out the um what's that main aristocrat outlet um judith is a yes yes kind of a necessary card in there um i believe you have like dreadmalkin is probably something that could randomly go in the deck i don't know how hmm. powerful it would really be mm -hmm. Well, it's got some um, menace, so that'll be useful. Yep. Like, I could see, like, Angriths going in the deck, too. Mm -hmm. um, fits with that color combination. Soren. Soren seems like it could be a really good fit. Mm -hmm. So I think those are some um, 
interesting strategies would you put like the big demons in there like uh bells and lock or Rak- uh, lord rakdos oh man so demons i think like one second i'm gonna make sure i get the demon names right mm-hmm. first first off because if i go like listing off demon names i'm just gonna be making things up at this point <laughs> like <laughs> i can picture what the demon is in my head yes. and like what it does the actual name mm-hmm. no no clue that's just how i that's how I roll with magic cards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Doom Whisper is something I think could be really, oh yeah, really powerful. Um, Definitely helps you craft your draws with that surveil clause. Um, then there's this embodiment of agonies from M20, mm-hmm. which is a three mana demon. Mm, okay, yeah, flying death touch, and it gets plus ones based on mana costs. Cool. Yep. Um, Spot of Mayhem is pretty awesome, especially you know if you're going the more aggressive route um could definitely get some of those spectacle synergies going on in this type of deck mm-hmm. um believe this deck needs light up the stage yeah i, I love card draw in these types of formats mm-hmm. so a little less card draw in mardu but you know you mm-hmm. do get things like light up the stage um and probably could get cute with some other red cards that allow you to draw cards at the expense of discarding a card Oh, yeah. Or there's also that one red card that your opponent chooses either to take four damage or lets you draw cards. What's that one again? Yeah, risk Factor. Risk Factor, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess possibly Experimental Frenzy. Mm-hmm. I think I marvel at people that can make Frenzy work because when I've tried to do it, it's like I can't do anything. I've got too many lands. Yeah, I think you, you can't really be playing more than like 19, 20 lands. No, for... Okay, yeah, that's my problem. Yeah, I was probably going at, at 20, 21 or so because I'm... Uh, just to used to you know twenty four lands or so, but when you're mono colored, you can really fudge those numbers. Yeah, typically you know the one color, and then also just not having anything over casting cost four. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get quite, and then also if you're playing best in one versus best of three, you can get a little little greedier with the lands. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah. All right, I think Kalia Zenith Seeker might be a cool commander that people w- might want to check out for their upcoming brawl decks. Final thoughts on that on that build? I think that's about all I had on that one. All right, so I picked. Okay, again, I, I'm. I have to ask myself: Do I want to win or do I want to meme? And usually, I want to meme. So, uh, unless I'm climbing the ladder, then I want to win. But um, I'm going to pick Alenda, the Dusk Rose. So I'm going with a vampire theme. And Alenda is uh, forecasting cost in total, uh, two generic plus one black, one white. And she's a 1-1, but every time any creature dies, she gets a plus one, plus one counter. So she could get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think, however, her second ability... um, this is when when she dies, then create X number of one one white vampire tokens with lifelink based on the power that she had last accumulated. So in Brawl, like Commander, when a, uh, when your commander dies, it could go to the graveyard zone or back to the command zone. So I misplayed Elenda in real life. Uh, and I have to admit it here on the podcast, I misplayed in that I sent her back to my command zone, but I still did that trigger. But that trigger only works if she dies going to the graveyard. So I'm sure Brawl will, uh, I'm sure Arena will not let me make that mistake um, when I actually play her. True. Are there any sort of like real life uh, uh, errors that you might have made that that you just don't make them in, in Arena that come to mind? Oh my gosh. Like, 
non-May triggers, I remember hmm. Grand Prix Madison, I had a, tr- like, it was actually, like, my, pretty much my first paper tournament in five years. Mm. Um, and I had a uh, burning profit trigger that I just missed and I didn't scry. Hmm. And if I had scryed, I would have been able to put the card on top, on the bottom, and then my next card after that was the Ugin that I needed that oh, turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, definitely one of those mistakes that would not have been made on arena mm-hmm. and obviously this was multiple months ago now <laughs> yes i i think also uh, with all of these planeswalkers running around with static abilities in real life there that's definitely causing issues but arena won't let you forget like oh why didn't i draw why, why didn't that uh, curious obsession draw me another card oh okay yeah that's because narset's on the field whoops yep Yep, definitely. Yeah, remind you of this, some of those the rule text cards that once a game state gets really complicated, you might just space out. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I think they've uh, on some of the recent updates they've added like some sound effects here and there, uh, like like on that one exactly. Uh, if you don't draw your card, it makes a sound effect instead. And I think Narset flashes for a moment to remind you, hey, you didn't get your card because you've got this static ability to worry about. Oh yeah, it flashes, it makes a noise, like, it is letting you know you messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so uh, when I'm I'm playing with this Alenda deck, I I shouldn't mess it up then. I wonder how they're going to program that then. I guess it's not too complicated because they've already programmed the the God Eternals about choosing to go back to either the graveyard or the third from the top. So once your mm-hmm. commander uh, dies or gets exiled in Brawl, I guess it'll let you choose where do you want, what zone you want it to go to. Yep. So for that particular deck, it's going to be a lot of vampires. And at the moment, according to this search, at the moment, there's 66 vampire cards to choose from. And there's like good old Adanto Vanguard, um, I think that'll be even stronger in in Brawl, where you start at 30 life instead of 20, so you can definitely sink in some life to keep it, uh, to make it indestructible. There's Bishop of Binding. I kind of like that. It's a forecasting cost. It's a 1-1. When you summon it, it, it exiles one of your opponent's creatures. And then when it attacks, you can give another vampire plus X plus X based on the um, power of the card that it exiled. So I kind of like that a little bit of insult to injury. I took your creature and I'm going to use its power <laughs> against you. Yep. It's another good, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. And I'll probably throw in, oh, I think Cruel Celebrant. That's the one I was thinking about when we were talking also about uh, Kalia. Uh, Cruel Celebrant, that's just the, the one black, one white, one two. And whenever another one of your creatures dies, the opponent loses a life and you gain a life. Um, do you think that one also might work in your Kalia deck? Yeah, I, that's something I would definitely think about throwing in there. So mm-hmm. my head's in like Guilds of Ravnica right now because that's all I've been drafting. So I've like oh, okay. forgotten about all these newer War of the Spark cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been drafting on uh, Corsa 2020 at the moment. And it's definitely a, a big shift in mentality when you go from set to set if you want to change up your drafts, isn't it? Oh, it is. And then just bot drafting is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, I can't wait for there to be like real people drafting. I wonder how that will really change things up. But one of the things about bot drafting is you can, you know, you can go have your lunch in the middle of it all and come back and you're you're still playing. So I think that's interesting. Yes, the convenience of bot drafting is amazing. The inconvenience is when you have like a set like M20 that's been it's been in draft for like almost two months now, yeah. I believe, mm-hmm. and just with not enough updates to how the bots pick mm-hmm. it almost becomes solvable oh, you know okay mm-hmm. you you know what like obviously rares are 
going to be kind of all over the place, but you can kind of ex- know what to expect to come around for commons late and all that. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to pull any fun shenanigans in Corset 2020 draft with the Heart Piercer bow? Um, and so I was drafting it before Heart Piercer bow became kind of ridiculous. <laughs> My last deck was pretty cool. Um, I had had the one the skeleton that you can return from the graveyard yeah. um and then just tons and tons of artifacts like some diamond knights but then i had like steel overseer um mm-hmm. and i don't know how i end up with this many artifacts i just did um and then i had like the untap an artifact thing and then um you know make a creature unblockable so i could just get these mm-hmm. giant artifact creatures mm-hmm. and a blocker that i just got to keep blocking with every turn so mm-hmm. So back before the big wipe, remember when uh, Arena went into public beta and all of our co- all of our accounts got wiped? I was trying to make a Traxos deck work. You remember that? Remember that little uh, artifact dragon guy, Traxos Scourge of Krug, from I guess I, Corsa twenty nineteen? No, it's from Dominaria. I don't remember it, but so Traxos yeah. is a four casting cost legendary artifact creature so it's a four casting cost seven seven with trample okay yep so i was just like trying to make that work with voltaic what was it voltaic servant or voltaic key or voltaic no the the other the voltaic key like Volta- voltaic servant. Yep. servant yeah so i was just trying to make that work a while ago and then after the wipe uh, I, I lost all my Traxoses and I never built that deck up again. But when I was looking through my cards and what do I have collected and not, I'm like, hey, I remember trying to make that deck work uh, so hard a while ago and I should bring him back from one last hurrah. There is a model blue artifact deck out there that plays Traxos. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I played against it the other night with Scapeshift and the match took like 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so both, uh, was it two games or it eventually went into three games or how did it? Um, I believe game two ended with my opponent timing out. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's again, the great thing about magic. There's just so many possibilities and so many wacky things that you can do. And again, you have to ask yourself, do you want to win or do you want to meme? And sometimes one uh, wins out over the other. You can, sometimes you can do both. Sometimes. Those are the best times. <laughs> hey everyone, we're halfway through the episode. So let's take a short break for an advertisement. We're coming up to about 40 episodes of Let's Enter the Arena. So if you'd like to go to the back catalog and listen to previous guests, head on over to soundcloud.com vmcampos. You can listen back on those older episodes and follow the evolution of Magic Arena and the players that play it. You can also get those episodes in your favorite podcasting apps, such as Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and more. Just search VM Campos and subscribe. Now let's get back to the show. So I guess lastly over here on my vampire deck, well... When I was in the uh, Corset 2020 uh, Early Access event, I, I tried to do a mono-black Soren vampire deck, which was pretty fun. Uh, I, I, that was before, I guess, uh, people realized that you can, that, that Soren, the new Soren Planeswalker was so good that they had to ban it for that one event, the um, standard shakeup, I guess. Um, but that one was really cool summoning. So it's turn three. Do I either summon this Soren Planeswalker or do I summon a Bloodthirsty Aerialist that'll get bigger and bigger after I gain life? Well, why not both? Summon the Soren and then minus three to bring out your Aerialist. So I think that'll be some fun strategy in that vampire deck. 
I do remember losing to you <laughs> doing that. I do remember that. <laughs> mm, okay, sorry, sorry that I uh, that I still haunt your dreams like that. But yeah, I guess it happened one time. I, I got to I got to beat Mythic Michaela one time. So um, I think this uh, vampire deck could still be filled out with a few more ideas. But those were some of the things I, I thought about for doing a brawl deck. Um, what about your second? You said you wanted um, Yarok as a as a possible commander as well. Yeah, I think that card's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So Yarok is a three five for um, two and Sultai color colors, and it's Death Touch Life Link. And it's if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Mm -hmm. So right now, I believe there is a Yarok Shift Nexus deck list running around out there. <laughs> um, so, you know, kind of those decks that just kind of does everything that, ev that all the other decks in the format are trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this could be, I think this could be really, really cool in a Brawl deck. You know, it is an elemental, so you can um, feed off those elemental synergies. Um, mm -hmm. Risen Reef will fit right into this deck. It is blue. I get it throwing cards like Chemister's Insight and um mm -hmm. just every, every good draw spell i just gonna throw them all in there so yeah i've seen people really use uh yarok pretty impressively so um those uh those double triggers have have just done some wacky things like suddenly oh okay you, you you've got the um uh what's the card again something dead land, land of the dead or Yes, um, Field of the Dead. Field of the Dead. Yeah, so you've got that double trigger happening from Field of the Dead when Yarok's out, and then suddenly you don't have four. They don't have four zombies. They have eight zombies. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could do some pretty pretty silly stuff with that. Um, right now, you still have all the Explorer Package creatures, which mm -hmm. work great with this card. Um, new standard. Those will not be around. Yeah. But yeah, you still get you still get Risen Reef and um, the mm. Cavaliers from. M20 that will yeah. be around um still really some really great draw spells from Ravnica block you can uh you can free something with a frost links twice <laughs> <laughs> true true that is a possibility fun fact that uh frost links is the only blue cat in magic wow i did not know that yeah. um i did have an extended conversation about moths in magic oh okay a few weeks ago mm -hmm. <laughs> Do we have moths as a creature type? A couple, maybe? Oh, yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Well, we looked them all up. I can't can't tell you what everyone, but I think, like, Glowing Moth or Glow Spore Moth is oh, one of sure, them. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. Oh, cool. Well, Moth Tribal might be a thing one day. Maybe I'll make a Moth Commander deck <laughs> with the five moths. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I, I was seeing here for your Yarok deck because Yarok is a is a horror. I was curious, how many horrors are there currently in standard? There's only eight horrors in standard, and, uh, you know, Yarok is one of them. And I guess the only one that kind of has some use is the Ravenous Chupacabra. That's a beast horror. Uh, so, you know, it jumps. And that would fit well in that deck, too. Yeah. What set was that from? Was that from um, Ravnica Allegiance? Allegiance? Well, a little bit earlier than that. That was in Rivals of Ixalan. Oh, okay. So that one's going to rotate sure. out. Yeah. I'm like, I drafted it. I just don't remember when I drafted that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, doesn't it feel like the, the pace of sets has kind of accelerated recently? Or, or do we just think that because we are just so inundated with so much social media and such? It certainly feels a lot faster. And I, like, I don't know if it's the, you know, we get these preview seasons um 
you know, I think Modern Horizons really crammed everything together by having that whole extra set in there. Yeah. Because um, I don't think it's any more sets than before other than like the Modern Horizons edition. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I listen to uh, Mark Rosewater's podcast all the time and he kind of uh, explained that uh, breaking it down that's usually what we do we've got the innovation set you know the like the non-standard thing and it was just um it's kind of been business as usual it's just that for whatever reason people are feeling like too much product has come out but the thing sort of is is like you don't have to get it all um you know modern horizons i i, I picked up some cards and and i thought they were cool but i didn't really play it enough to to really feel like it was a big part of the year it was like oh an interesting set of cards and maybe they'll go into a deck or two what about yourself did you play very much or get any uh, modern horizons cards i have not played it at all um i wouldn't mind of doing a draft i just never got around to it you know i don't get to play in person a whole lot mm-hmm. so um did i did do some modern testing so i did get to cast the um the big bad hogak a few times <laughs> oh really so you're were you able to convoke it or delve it? Uh, I mean, you know, it's always it's always a combination of the two. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 really? Okay, I thought you can only do one or the other, but I guess uh, I guess they both reduce the cost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. Because normally you're because you can't delve for colored mana, mm-hmm. but you can convoke for the colored mana. Mm-hmm. Is how it works. I wasn't actually playing the deck; I was just running through it and some play testing. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Hogak, now that he's been banned, I guess. I guess he's not really going to rest in peace because uh, he was risen already, and he was already undead, wasn't he? True. I don't know where that joke Very is going. True. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. He, he, might, he might find life in Legacy. Oh, sure, yeah. Not banned there yet with Yarok. Um, would you think about doing any sort of like, uh, maybe like hand disruption or milling in those colors? You know, I, I mean, I think Thought Erasure is a fine card, so that is something that I could see coming in. Um, honestly, I think I just want to play some just like creatures and just fill up the battlefield and, mm-hmm. you know, draw cards and keep my hand full. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Bioessence Hydra, Biogenicus are some mm-hmm. great creatures that have enter the battlefield effects. Like, Arlen. Arlen can fit in this deck. Oh, sure. As well. Like, a lot of the Planeswalkers seem like they'd be pretty great. Um, Mm-hmm. I suppose you could get like kind of cute with like a Chillbringer. No, sure. And you know, like play it, bounce it, play it again. Mm-hmm. Don't forget uh, some amazing uh, ferocious pup action. I'm not sure that's like I I like doing that in um in limited. Not sure that would make my brawl deck. <laughs> sure, yeah. but I I do like that portal, the um the three mana artifact that uh, returns things to your hand. It's a blue. It's two and a blue artifact. And you pay three and tap it to return target creature you control to your hand. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Or is it one? It might be one to return. It's yeah, I think it's one to return it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely get those ETB triggers with with a with a Yarok commander deck. Maybe like disinformation campaign could be mm-hmm. a reasonable card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's lots of fun stuff. I don't may, maybe we throw in an end raise forerunners and just be real excessive about it. <laughs> Let me look that one up. End raise. That one sounds familiar. It's red. It's isn't it? really, really good in Momir. And that's Vigilance oh, okay. Trample Haste 7 7, 5 mana and 3 green. And it's when it enters the battlefield, other creatures control get plus 2, plus 2, and gain vigilance and trample until end of turn. 
Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking of a red card that was somewhat sounding like that, but this one's this one's way better. Yeah, especially uh, in in Momir. So yeah, those uh, those uh, boars are really running around, and and then of course the flavor text: smash the city to pieces. Well, how did that go for you, Domri? <laughs> Yep, yep, yeah. So there's there's a lot of cool stuff with the battlefield effects that you can just like really really abuse. Mm-hmm. Ronus would be fine to that type of deck too. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones that I opened in real life. That I think that's the only uh, God Eternal that I opened in real life, and uh, it's really fun. It gives uh, vigilance and what else does it do? Vigilance and like pluses to your creatures. Yeah, it doubles their power, I believe. Yeah, here it is. So death touch when it enters. Yeah, double the power until end of turn and they gain vigilance. Yeah, so that'll uh, that'll be a big old army that you're sending your opponent, especially if you've got a big board state. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of just like building a giant building a giant army. I don't know, maybe maybe we throw in a pelt collector in there too. Hmm. So yeah, I think lots of options. And then of course putting in, in a putting in a colossus hammer. Okay. Okay, I'm a little scarred by Colossus Hammer. I lost to that in Modern. I'm not over it. It was awful. It was turn three. Turn three, okay. Turn three. Well, that's where that's where you can make, you know, eight mana to equip it, right? Um, it, There's an instant speed equip oh, okay. thing, yes, and there's yes, also yes. an enchantment that when it enters, it equips. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's yeah, and yeah. there's a 1-1 one, one that has um, double strike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, fen- fencing ace in standard at the moment, but there's um, there's some other double strikers. So yeah, that uh, that comes out of nowhere. The only thing is you lose flying, but who cares? You're swinging in with ten plus ten plus ten. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I'm thinking maybe like season of growth could be really reasonable in this um, Yarok deck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely fulfills that whole card drawing that I want to be doing in a singleton format. Yeah, I've used that season of growth, and it's pretty cool because you you get that scry, and then once you're targeting your own creatures, you also get that card draw. So, um, with a with a double with a multiple multiple effect with Yarok, I think that'll that'll really accelerate things. And again, this is a sixty card deck. You have these multiple answers, and if you're able to sort of filter your card draws, that could be pretty strong. Yep, scrying's huge. Drawing card is huge, and like these singleton type formats, because you know what what's good in one matchup isn't necessarily good in another matchup. So to be able to dig through your deck and find what matters is hmm. pretty important. As of this recording, omniscience draft is going on. Have you done any omniscience drafts? I have not. <laughs> I've done it one time uh, on my stream. I stream on Saturday nights, and I did one draft there out of omniscience draft and it was pretty fun it was like you can play things right away and it's just such a different mentality about like yeah i can play anything whenever i want oh i can play this amazing vortclaw turn one if i want um you know that seven seven uh green elemental guy so it's just a really different mentality to th- to, to think with omniscient strap but have you done it uh, other times before i have i did during dominaria but that was where you could do some really stupid things um i think there was a there's the black red creature that when it enters you return all creatures that went to the graveyard back mm, yeah. to your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's some pretty stupid things that you can do um, mm-hmm. in the Dominaria. I don't know like how what they're all is in M20. I really didn't get a chance to look at it this time around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes sometimes it's a little difficult when it's this short period of time to fit in the events. 
Yeah, I think um, it's interesting that they put different kinds of events, but they, I, they often feel like really short for some reason. And I understand you want people to, um, you know, try different things, but I, I guess... I don't know, maybe they've got the data to show that people have kind of a little bit shorter attention spans than I guess you and I have. Like, I feel like they go by too fast. And it sounds like you, you also seem to say they go by too fast. Yeah, mine's just fitting in the time to do it. You know, if they if they tell me you have 72 hours to play this, I might not have the time in that 72 hours to really commit to mm-hmm. playing that. You know, I'm not saying that this time around, that was the case. This time around, it's I'm trying to climb ranked. Yeah. But um but I see, yeah, I understand the the short period of time for something like this that people might just want to do a few times makes sense because then you have enough people in the in the pool that want to play and your queue times are short as opposed to if it went on for a week, people might lose interest and then, mm-hmm. you know, people might be trying to join and not getting matches and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, they seem to change things up with those other sorts of events where it was an entry fee Plus, you had to win like, I don't know, 10 times or 15 times or something. And now they've changed some of these events, like the Plankation, that it was free entry until you play as, as much as you want, until you win six times. So it sounds like they're listening, taking some feedback in, and hopefully they can. the company continues to take our feedback and keep improving the game. Yeah, I think the Plankation events were great because, it's you know, it's you had to commit to getting wins, but it also wasn't... 15 wins um i know people had problem with the momir one uh personally i love the momir event Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the 15 wins i had no problem with that but (laughs) yeah yeah, i think one of the other ones it was just it was a real struggle to get to 15 wins because especially when it's you know not i want the pretty cards but it's not necessarily a format that i really enjoy playing that's very difficult to do so. Yeah, there was. I, I thought the Momir was fun, but I just didn't progress on it too far. I just didn't couldn't wrap my head around it as much as I would have liked to how to really win on that. But then some of the other ones that were a little bit more constructed, like there was, a, I guess, a singleton event there. And I played uh, uh, not the big uh, deck that everyone was playing of black and white vampires, but I played a black and white vampires list. And I and I uh, and I did the six wins on that. And so which of the lands were you kind of going out more for in the Plinkations? Um, I mean, I have all five of them, so, but I like to have my islands. <laughs> like, I still have my unhinged islands in paper, so. Oh, okay. That's probably my favorite one. I liked getting the five of the Mirage lands. Um, those are the ones with the little palm tree in the corner. Those just because it's like, wow, I had these in real life. I still have them in real life. And they have updated them to the new borders, you know, the um uh, the, the 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 most modern borders and i've only i only know them in the old old classic 90s 1990s style of borders so it was kind of cool to look at that uh mountain that i have in real life but the digital version a little bit more modern you know honestly i would really like watsi to um really let all players just fully embrace their style of lands and bring white border to arena <laughs> Uh, that uh, that would be interesting, definitely. <laughs> would you uh, would you trick your deck out, trick your decks out in white border? No, I mean I'm not about that life. But okay, <laughs> I know there would be people who would just play all white border. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be interesting. Yeah, that's how I started off back in 1995, fourth edition. It was it was a core set reprint set, and it was all white border, and that's what I remember from back in the day. So I'd go for it for a little while, I think. Just full chaos. Well, full chaos would be also to have every single print of those lands, not just the one, the the, the one mountain. 
Um, what do you think about that? Like if, if on, let's say on core 2020, they have, you know, four different versions of the island. Do you run the four different islands or do you run only one of those islands normally? I mean, I am a, my lands have to match type of person. Um, mm-hmm. I was very, I borrowed a deck for the modern GP that I played and my <laughs> Tron lands did not match. <laughs> and it was very, very painful. <laughs> <laughs> I was very sad about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a lands match type of person. And it, um, it brings me great discomfort to see lands not matching, but uh-huh. um, I do find it, it, it's quite entertaining to see how much people like love, like their mismatch lands mm-hmm. and all that. And Okay, what if it's a land? What if the art is the same, but it's from different sets? See, I don't think I would notice that as much. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many ways to personalize our decks, even down to like the lands. Um, in my uh, in some of my paper uh, decks in real life, I've got. Um, I, I kind of like like if there is a a set of three or four different lands in that set, I want to have one of each of them. I like them all to be from that set. But I, I will go for the different arts because they often have a cool theme. And like the Mirage Lands, a few of those, actually the, um, the what is it? The, the forests and the plains form a panorama when you set all four of them side by side. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which, yeah, I could see putting all the different ones in, the, in your deck that way and just hope you draw them all and just lay them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I might have been able to do that a few times in real life. And it's cool because then you then you uh, kind of show them off a little bit to your opponents and saying, okay, well, you're beating me, but check it out. All my lands make a little panorama. Also, yeah, this is like an achievement. I drew exactly these lands that were all different. It feels as good as a, like a natural Tron. True, true. <laughs> I don't know. Very few <laughs> things feel as good as natural Tron. <laughs> I was at San Diego Comic-Con and I was uh, playing in some of the magic events. I was waiting in between the, they were doing, um, it was a, it, they called it Planeswalker League. So you could play various games, but only using the Corset 2020 Planeswalker decks, uh, plus cards that you added to it and, and such. And I was, there was a little downtime. So I wanted to play against someone and, and, and there was a younger player there. And I asked him, would you like to just, you know, play something while you're waiting for your match? And he said, yeah, okay, sure. So we started to play and I realized, oh, he was waiting to play in the modern portion of things. And he had uh, a great, uh, Tron deck, and he was able to suddenly assemble, I don't know, get get out one of his Eldrazi, and I'm here trying to putter a, a, along with my uh, Corsa 2020, trying to cast my six casting cost Planeswalker, so it didn't quite work out, but it was fun. Yeah, that, yeah, Tron will do that. I'm more <laughs> of a fan of the Tron Stone Rainio plan. Huh, how does that, how does that go? Um, you assemble Tron, you play card, you minus, you destroy your opponent's land. Okay. And- <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't play magic without lands. Yep, exactly. So then how do you feel about uh, sort of like the the dearth of land destruction strategies in Standard? Uh, I mean, is there much of a, like, I think every land destruction spell right now is pretty expensive, right? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like earlier, yeah. way back at the beginning, you can do uh, Sinkhole, was, which was Black Black, Destroy a Land. Or you could do um, Stone Rain, which I don't know, what was that? Like Red Red 1, and that could destroy any land. And now they're all kind of at 4. So yeah, I, Stone Rain might have just been Red 1, actually. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds right, yeah. yeah. So um, I you, know I did play, I played against the sto- an actual Stone Rain deck. <laughs> in modern on oh no it's two and a red so okay. it's it is three mana mm-hmm. um yeah i did play against that deck in modern it apparently is a thing mm-hmm. not a very good thing but it's a thing 
Yeah, because um, it's you don't. I don't think you you hear that as much. I think there's like a fringe group. You know, one. I think one of the biggest biggest proponents is Cube April. She's always talking about land destruction and all of that. And I like uh, land destruction as well. But yeah, it, it can be really mean depending on your play group or if it's digital or or what. But you can't play magic without lands, and that's kind of frustrating. Yep. Like, yeah, it, it can be very frustrating. <laughs> very mm-hmm. non-interactive magic when your opponent just destroys all your lands. Yes. Like, just as bad as mana screw. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my last idea here for a brawl deck with a, with a commander is Admiral Beckett Brass. So she's a legendary human pirate. So you can get some human strategies. You can get some pirate strategies. She's in uh, Grixis, red. She's one generic uh blue black and red so um yeah she's only four casting costs she's a three three other pirates get plus one plus one so of course there's going to be a a deck jam packed with pirates and the fun thing is that at the end of your end step gain control of target non-land permanent controlled by a player who was dealt combat damage by three or more pirates so it's kind of a lot of hoops to jump through but you'll be able to do what pirates do and steal your opponent's stuff you just get out a lot of uh, small casting cost creatures, have them attack, maybe have them with some menace with Angrath, and then start uh, stealing their stuff. So to fully embrace this um, brawl deck, do you drink rum while playing it? <laughs> uh, Captain Morgan's finest, yes. <laughs> nice. That might be a, uh, a a new win condition, you know, instead of um, getting 10 treasures, because there's that other, there's revel in riches. If you've got 10 treasures, you win the game. Here's another win condition. Can you get to 10 shots of rum? That um, does not seem like something we should encourage. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That, that Sorry, kids, that is not actually an alternate win condition. Don't try it at home. <laughs> might sounds like it might be an alternate losing condition. <laughs> I think so. Yes, you're going to be uh, you're, you're going to be trying to tap your uh, your creatures to summon other creatures, but there's no convoke pirates. So, yep, alternate loose condition. <laughs> Wrong colors. Mm-hmm. Captivating crew is kind of a really fun card. St- uh, speaking of stealing stuff, so that's a uh, forecasting cost. That's uh, three plus a red. It's a four three. But then you pay four. Uh, four mana, gain control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn, and it gains haste. Um, so that is not a tap ability. So as long as you've got the mana, you can steal a bunch of your opponent's creatures and send them back at your opponent like some you know treasonous dogs that they are. Yep, and um, there's also there's the pirate counter spell, correct? Yeah, something um, siren, something something. Yeah, there's a counter spell as a, it's a pirate as well as a. Um, you know, it's a creature as well as a counter spell. Um, Siren Storm Chaser. It lets you counter counter things. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's also there's another like there's an actual counter spell that just costs less if less if you control a pirate or I don't remember. I know there's a there's a counter spell that checks for pirates though. Yeah, definitely that one sounds right. Uh, it's not showing up in my search just because I've got all pirates, but yes, there is definitely one of that like S- Siren Lookout or Storm Lookout, something like that. Yeah, it checks for pirates and it's a it's a counter spell. Oh, I was so I was gonna say with like these. So you have a vampires one, and then like pi- with pirates here. Um, are you considering the artifacts that um, you know, will pump a creature of a certain of a chosen type? Yeah, I, I like the um, vanquishers banner. 
Uh, that's also got some great card draw because you you pick a creature type and every time you summon a uh, creature of that type, you draw a card. So that's a five casting cost artifact. I think that would work very well. This is going to be a pirate heavy deck, so definitely you'll be drawing, you'll be casting pirates and then drawing cards. And there's um, pirates cutlass. That one when that artifact equipment, as soon as you play it onto, as soon as you cast it onto the battlefield, it automatically attaches to a pirate if you if you choose. Okay. You know, there's a pirate pump spell, too, that gives a pirate double strike, I believe. Uh, I think that's Captain's Hook, maybe? Um, I'm thinking of an instant that's oh, red. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, I, drafted, I drafted a little bit of um, Ixlod. <laughs> oh, and Icon of Ancestry is also another artifact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there are definitely some uh, artifacts there that will, that will synergize with, uh, with a creature, with a heavy creature theme. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I I like to do stipulations and I like to do themes and all of that. And obviously this isn't going to be a big tier deck or whatever. But if you're playing something fun and interesting and different like Brawl, it's like, why not go for it? Yeah, exactly. It's a That's what the format's about. It's about having fun and being creative and... And taking turns because there's also Time Stream Navigator. This is a 1-1 creature that lets you take an extra turn if you've got the city's blessing. Oh, so you're going to be that person. Well, you have to jump through so many hoops. It's okay. You know, you have to have a fragile 1-1 creature. You have to have ascended. And then you have to pay four more mana and tap in order for it to do it. So she can't even do it on the turn she comes in. So it's enough hoops to, to take some turns. Okay, so you, you can, you get, you're okay with yourself doing that and taking more turns than your opponent because <laughs> it's kind of difficult to do. Okay. I'm uh, I'm making it difficult. I'm playing only pirates. I I'm drinking rum while I'm doing it. Yeah, I think I deserve <laughs> it. But I normally don't don't uh, dare steal my opponent's turns. But I got to do it now if I'm if I'm part of the the brazen coalition. You know, all of the pirate crews. So you're you're stealing their creatures. You're stealing their turns. I make treasure. If you're at your friend's house, you're probably drinking the rum. Drinking all their rum. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this sounds like a very very themed deck. Definitely. Um, I actually have. Well, this was this was a at a birthday party that my friends threw me a few years ago. Uh, they bought me a wizard's hat. You know, the classic Merlin wizard hat sort of thing. Um, all I need now is like a pirate hat, and then uh, that's how I'm gonna play this. Because when I when I do my stream, maybe I'll uh, totally get on on topic. A pirate deck. I'm gonna have some. Uh, 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 you know, a glass of rum, and then I'm also going to have a pirate hat on plus a pirate uh, eye patch to make it complete. I like the commitment. <laughs> That'll be my closest attempt at, at cosplay. I'll leave it to more capable hands to do it better. Hey, you know what? That, that sounds like cosplay right there. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got a couple of great ideas for people if they're interested in getting into Brawl. I know that, you know, real talk, I know that people were kind of like talking that Brawl is dead, and I would have agreed until they announced that, well, we're going to bring Brawl to Arena so that you've got nothing to lose. You can play with digital cards. So hopefully, and then they're going to also put out Brawl decks and put a little bit more commitment into it. So hopefully it's just another format to play Magic. More ways to play Magic is more good. Uh, bad grammar withstanding. You're just with the pirate theme still. <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> yes. So any final thoughts on this uh, brave new format that might get a second chance or first chance? Oh, man, I feel like I've talked about like everything that I kind of had on my mind. Um, 
I just I I think uh I think we'll probably even bring even more people into arena that might not have tried it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's uh, just you know more ways to play Magic, which which is always good. And have you seen uh, people in real life that have started to jump on Magic now that it's more accessible with Arena? Yeah, um, I I've heard a few cases. You know, like people going to you know their the LGS. You know, it's their first time like playing paper or like you know they didn't even know that paper cards like existed. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, a whole lot of people who you know were paper players like kind of getting back into it as well. So it's a it's a very um. It's a good it's a good mix for the two for arena and tabletop mm-hmm. that arena exists because it's you know arena's benefiting from those tabletop players and then tabletop is getting new players too from arena yeah I think it definitely is a win-win situation I th- I'm glad they've finally been able to make a digital product that feels very modern and plays like real magic and is a sort of a gateway to then uh, paper and real life play and uh, socialization and everything. Yeah, now we just need a friends list. Yes. It's probably on their list somewhere of to-dos, and hopefully it comes pretty soon. Hopefully, that'd be really awesome. I don't, I don't need it. Then I can close out all my Messenger applications and yeah. just have Arena open. Mm-hmm. Consolidate it all right in the app instead of doing it piecemeal. Exactly. Oh, and then like a spectator mode, too, so people can watch the action. Yes, but also we need to like set it so that people can't watch you when you're making misplays. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the screen goes black for a moment and and then uh, you know like elevator music plays while while the mistake happens. Mhm. Yeah, I th- I've been playing a little bit of Dota Underlords and I think that game's like it's pretty cool that you can just go in and watch your friends mm-hmm. playing their out their match. Mhm. Yeah, there's still like so many would-haves and should-haves and could-haves that could be done with magic and I think if people are patient, I think most will be answered. Yep. I sure hope so. Hmm. Well, Michaela, would you like to promote anything as we wind down? Any social media, any streams, or any events, or anything? Yeah. So, um, I stream Monday, Wednesday, Friday at seven Central Time, um, at twitch.tv dash Mythic Michaela, or not dash backslash. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm also on Twitter at Mythic Michaela, and I sometimes tweet funny stuff. And share deck lists that I'm running or crazy draft decks that worked. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you do you ever get out to any uh, conventions or events and such, and you, and you share that as well? Yeah, I'll, I usually tweet when I'm going to a convention. Um, kind of don't have anything planned in the near future other than Anime NebraskaCon. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that a whole lot of people outside of Nebraska get out to that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, as for myself, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash vmcampos. I stream on Twitch and YouTube on Saturdays at 11 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, I've got a Patreon if people are interested in joining for a few rewards here and there for a dollar. That gives people access to the exclusive stuff. If they go to the $2 range, uh, I'll actually mail them vintage magic cards. No, not a Black Lotus. And um, it's just a great way to also keep up to date with um, everything that I'm doing. I consolidate all the stuff that I do on my on my YouTube videos and uh, uh, my podcast and all of that on Patreon. So people can just follow there. They don't even have to subscribe, but it helps uh, keep the podcast funded and all the stuff if people do so. So I appreciate it when people do that. Um, so, uh, Makeda, let me let you get back to getting back up to Mythic again. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. 
This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.